This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Botox Cosmetic. Out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering Ipswich Town since 2015. My name is Benjamin Bloom and you are watching or listening to the flagship show available each and every Monday. So for sometimes entertaining and slightly more frequently informative hour of football conversation, make your Monday a Blue Monday. David Diamond, are we calling this the start of season seven? We've had a friendly. I know we, we had a show. Yeah, I, I guess we sort of can, can't we? Season seven. Who would have, who would have thought it? Who would me, have thought it? Let me give you some numbers. Season seven, manager number four, owner number two, <laughs> podcast number 448. Oh. And right, I've got a little, got a little test for you, but because you two are both smart, um, you've only got three seconds to answer, okay? Yeah, so I'm going to go three, two, one, and then you both got to give me your answer when I say one. Average position of Ipswich Town since we've started running the podcast in the six seasons. Three, two, one, 11, shoot. 24th in, league, in the championship. Not far off. Dave, did you go for 11th in the championship? Well, I just went for just, I, I thought you were doing a sort of collective across the whole, yeah, across the whole I, seasons. Yeah, I did. You're still miles out. Oh, um, right. Joe was closer, Dave, more honest. Um, our average position, this is quite apt, is in the pyramid, 41.83, which is oh, just 21st outside the in the oh, championship. Oh, okay. I just avoiding, okay. yeah, just avoiding relegation. On, not, that, um, not that clever, obviously. So one thing we do know, just, just to get things off to a good start, we won't be improving on our average position this season, <laughs> even if we win, even if we win League One. But there we go. Um, I'm being all jovial but there's sad news yesterday. Um, another Ipswich Town legend of the 1980-81, the, the greatest team was was lost to us yesterday. Um, Dave, we're going to go into some detail on the great Paul Mariner in a sec. But let me just get um, from both of you, because it's, it's weird, isn't it? Other than your family... You're the thing you're kind of most attached to, and I don't want to sound twee about this in your life is often you know, it's the thing that's tribal and brings people together, is often your football club. And again, other than your family, some of your greatest memories, and I know yours in particular, Dave, are attached to that entity and organization and these people you admire so so much. It, it's a big deal. So your your feelings, we'll, we'll talk in detail about the player in a sec, Dave, but your feelings on the news yesterday of the passing of the great Paul Mariner, aged 68. Yeah, I mean, just, just really sad. You know, yeah, I, you know, obviously my formative years just grew up, grew up watching, as, as you know, the great Robson sides. But 
Yeah, shocked, but perhaps, obviously not perhaps as shocked as I was when I heard that Kevin Beatty had died, because obviously we all know that, you know, Paul Paul Marin had yeah, brain surgery for, I think, brain cancer, what, six months ago, maybe even more, turn of the year, something like that. Um, so obviously we knew it was zero. I mean, it's, you, you don't read, it wasn't reading too much about, you'd see the odd thing on the forum um, that he was obviously in recovery and, you know, obviously recovering still, um, you know, perhaps bits that come from the family and stuff. But yeah, still, still a real shock and, you know, obviously, along with Beatty, the second player from that great that great era to now um, to now no longer be with us. I mean, you know, me, I'm older, obviously older than you guys, so I'm sort of almost coming attuned to it now that you know, great heroes and perhaps, well, you know, you know, Ben, over the last year on your, you know, the bits and pieces I've done with you on the sort of great Leeds players that have died. So it was that era, and as you know, you could say yes, it's no age, but he's 68, so you're getting towards 70 and 80, and slowly and surely, sadly, you know, those it, it will they will all go. I mean. To put it, I suppose, in perspective, I spoke to my father-in-law, and I'll, I'll come to that yesterday about what he thought about Paul Mariner, and he did a really good comparison of him and Ray Crawford. And you look at that 61-62 side, and I think there's only Ray Crawford, maybe Andy Nelson, possibly one other that's left. So it's just how, unfortunately, time time is that. But no, really, really very, very sad. And, you know, to see all the tributes is, is fantastic. And I've got to say, I, I mean, I always do say that, but, um, you know, the work that Rich did yesterday, again, on on putting together, you know, putting piece and all together and putting music to it and, you know, and obviously video to it, the bit that me and you did, what, five seasons ago was, was you know, it was just spot on again, superb, really. And it's probably not lost on anyone. Literally, one month ago, a um, good friend of mine who runs Retro Framers, I don't want it to sound like a clanging plug, sent me a shoot cover Second um, oh, of yeah. July, nineteen eighty-three. We just put it up on the office wall. Paul Mariner um, yeah. on 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 the wall. There literally went up a month ago. Joe, you're a similar age. You and I are a similar age. My first um, sort of, you know, knowing about Paul Mariner was watching the the Dennis Waterman narrated the match of the seventies programs, and um, he appeared as a talking head on that, and they spoke about him arriving from um from Plymouth and uh, Dave and I have got a good story from Fulham a couple of years back where yeah, Dave got very starstruck I forgot in, about that in Paul Maritain. Um <laughs> for, for for someone of of our age Joe and obviously we have people much younger than you or I um and much older than Dave listen to the listen to the show uh, talk to me about Paul Mariner and in, in, in your feelings um yesterday it's, just, it's a strange one because he'd left the club before I was even born. Sort of, like, <laughs> I was born after, like I say, a year after he left the club. But yet, I still felt it was almost like choked up when you're reading through all the tributes yesterday of it all. And I, I don't know, it just makes you realise sort of why the club is what it is and why it's great when you see the sort of breadth of the tributes to him from sort of his on-field side, sort of all the sort of players and the great Liverpool sides and the Tottenham sides of that era and. I say some great words from the Ipswich players. I think sort of Mick Mills saying he probably was the greatest player of that era, of of um, in the, of the Bobby Robson side in that era. And every everyone you speak to seems to sort of not have a bad word to say about the guy. I've sort of I've met him briefly a few times, and it always because it was sort of with sort of after the death of Kevin Beatty and sort of back there when he was coming back to the club to do bits, and he always seemed. Whenever anyone tried to praise him, it's like he, he, he couldn't accept any praise because it was always put back onto Johnny Walk or Kevin Beatty about how great these guys were and just seemed so humble and sort of would, would play down his own talents. But like I say I'd sort of implore anyone sort of who hasn't seen him play, sort of the, probably the easiest game you can watch is because you can watch highlights of anyone, they're going to look good. But if you watch that 1978 FA Cup final, which is sort of freely available, and it's such a physical game, you sort of see some of the tackles that fly in there. And he just bullies the two centre halves, David O'Leary and is it Willie Young. And the game is won by the foundation that he lays from us. And like I said, that's probably one of the very few 90 minutes of Paul Marin and Ipswich shirt you can watch. But I'm sure that wasn't a one off. It sounded like that's how we played every week. He was just the focal point and the in what was a tough, tough game, you sort of see some of the centre backs you're coming up against in those years, like Chopper Harris and Norman Hunter. And it is to have somebody that could lead the line and take the kicks, take the beatings and bring you up the pitch with it. It sort of sounded like it made everyone around him a better player. 
Dave, got um, on my personal YouTube channel, I've got a lot of Leeds friends, as you know. I've got, I've got messages yesterday. I've got like DMs. Oh, I remember that team. He was a great player. And I totally echo what Joe was saying about uh, what he and, you know, the rest of that team uh, represent in terms of the club. Do you remember, Dave, um, Mariner coming back, had a short stint as Plymouth manager and actually winning at Portman at Portman Road. I, I, I couldn't tell you what yeah, year that was. 2-0. So it must have been around about 10 or 11, 2-0. And again, there's a funny bit of a funny story attached to that because didn't he give his his coat away to someone in the crowd, but then they had his, they had his reading glasses in or his glasses in there. So he had to like sort sort, you know, put an appeal out, I think, to get his glasses back. Do you know what? I was just, I was thinking as I was doing this yesterday and it, and it really wasn't a case of, oh yeah, okay, all fair enough. You know, now he's passed. Okay to say that. I think listening back to what we did five years ago, I think I underplayed it. I think I underplayed how good he was. Seriously, seriously did. So talking to um talk to my father in law yesterday, you know, there's always a comparison who's the greatest centre forward and obviously, you know, Ray Crawford and his total of goals will never be surpassed and you know, it'll never be surpassed at Ipswich. But um and my father in law was very one of these guys that, you know, if I ever spoke about, you know, Beatty or and he would acknowledge I think that Beatty was still the greatest ever player, but he would say Oh, that John Ellsworthy was a magnificent player. You know, he wasn't far. Oh, he could hold his own in today and, and one or two of the other players from that team. And he said yesterday, first time, he said that, um, oh, yeah, you know, Crawford, great goal scorer, Jack in the box, you know, Fox in the box, fantastic. He said, not got the class, nowhere near the class player that Mariner was. He had everything. As a centre forward, he had everything. Because he had that just velvety touch, you know, control, physical, as Joe said. You know, he literally he very much did. He bullied those two centre-halves in the cup. And I saw him do it up and down country week after week. Did the same thing to, you know, world-class centre-halves. You know, Hanson, Lawrence, and people, you know, people like that. He would, he would, Emily Hughes, you know, he, he just would. There's a goal he scored. I don't know if you've seen it. It's on YouTube. Um I think hadn't been here long. Probably only about third or fourth home game, you know, after that ridiculous West Brom game and he scores a header against Liverpool and Liverpool at top and again he, he sort of powers this header from Vas Clements from the edge of the box and I got my son to watch that yesterday he was saying about oh, dad how good was he I said watch this and he said Jesus it was just like a volley the header was like a volley and it you had to generate all the power as well just a fantastic fantastic all-round footballer and and I think very much, you know, he spanned the 78 side and he spanned the 81 side and arguably okay you know you've got Walkie's goals of course but he was he was arguably the key player in those teams. He probably was. And it's it's very much a sort of modern centre forward role, yeah. isn't it? When when you see well, what teams want in a forward today, it's playing up front on your own, occupying two centre halves, being able to chip in with goals, being able to win your headers, run in the back, dribbling. What, what, what was in today's game? He would be the ultimate I think, centre forward. I think he? Ben got it spot on again five years ago. So Drogba was probably. In his pomp, or perhaps he's coming to the end of his days at Chelsea. I think Ben had it spot on. So he said, Dave, from what you've said, I'm I'm getting DDA Drogba. And yeah, I mean, pretty much, you know, he was of that quality, you know. Um, like we said, probably not as athletic as Drogba because players, you know, I hold my hands up, players weren't back then, they weren't. But all the same attributes and probably a bit more. Well, and, and now, Dave, when you, when you ever mention all-round centre-forwards, I, I think of Klinsman because, you know, he could yeah, sure. jump yeah. two metres in the air. And yeah. now, of course, Harry Kane has taken that just to a totally yeah. different level where he's a yeah. complete yeah. hybrid number nine, number ten. But... No, and that's interesting. Just, that's interesting you mentioned that because Mariner could drop deep. Mariner could do that. Mariner could do what Kane could do. Is that good a player? Well, he, could, the, he could drop Dave, deep, the, and get the ball, and draw defenders in and push away. And you know, Dave, play the balls oft out. retweeted goal yesterday for England where he does the pirouette on the edge of the oh, box and the quick feet and then smacks it in off the post. Um, Joe, uh, you know, well, we can we can eulogise about the player until the until the cows come home. We'll just get a little bit more from Dave in a minute, but. About the bloke, we, we just must recount this story because Dave and I went to Fulham. It must have been the first year of the pod. It was when Freddie Sears scored after about 10 seconds or that whatever. Game down at Fulham. Absolutely hammering down with so rain. We, we went and took our seats. Um, and of course, it's an away game in London, so everyone's standing um, anyway. And I did a double take. And so we're, we're sat here and probably one row in front, five seats to the left. Um, Paul Mariner is stood just in with the Ipswich fans. Um, 
And I said to Dave, I said, Dave, and let, let's be honest, we know our mate Dave is a confident fella who talk to anyone, talk football to anyone. Um, I said, Dave, don't, don't look now. You know, one of those classics. Don't get caught looking. But I think Paul Marin has just stood down there and I've never seen Dave clam up. And what what I will say... On a, on a um, cold, December, cold February night. Well, well all I remember, because Dave then spent lots of time not watching the game and looking at oh, Paul no, Marin. Oh, no. terrible. What, what I do remember, I remember two things. One is, um, I don't know what chant we were doing then, but we were bouncing. And Paul Marin was bouncing along with the jumping up and down with the fans. And then, of course the stream of people, and Dave didn't go and get a photograph. He was too nervous, bless him. The stream of people that spotted him. And we were saying, Dave, weren't we? We were saying, oh, this must be an absolute nightmare for him. No, Poor he bloke, brilliant. he's coming here. He took a photo with every single one of them, shook all of their hands, and uh, yeah. just right through, the, even while the game was going on, there people coming up and taking pictures. Uh, I Jerry, just, I you said... So, sorry, let me just ask you. You said you've met him. He just seemed a lovely bloke as well, Joe. Humble as well, not a billionaire modern modern footballer. No, and considering his career, sort of his later career as as a TV pundit in America, he's obviously had a. He's not someone that's just faded into the background and just done a few little corporate bits here and there. But I said one of the last times I didn't meet him there, but when we saw him was he came over for one of the Kevin Beatty Foundation events down at Clacton. He was there, and it just. Sort of somebody's. He's, he, at that point, he'd come from America for a few days to do to do that event, and off his off his own back. I'm sure he wasn't paid to come over for that. And it's just, like I say, just sort of a measure of the man that does that. And like I say, John Walk. I, I sit up in the Bob Robson suite where John Walk is the host, and mate, when he comes over, and like I say, that those two are sort of thick as thieves there, and sort of delighted to see him over. And it's like I say, players like that are going to be really struggling with the news at the moment, as I'm sure his family are as well. But no, he just seemed a the life and soul of the party, the loudest man in the room in whichever room he was in, but totally humble and totally self-effacing with it as well. The um, It's a really emotional tribute from his fellow presenters on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Bloody hell, I, I looked at that this morning. They're in tears. It's like Shaka Hislop, um, Frank LeBeouf, Craig Burley, and they're so emotional. As you know, as they said, it's not just you know, obviously the player is very much the man. And they said, you know, he was absolutely the life and soul of the whole show. Um, yeah, that's they, really. They, I mean, these guys are break. These are these guys are absolutely Shaka Islock couldn't hold it together. It literally was breaking down. It's very, yeah, very, very sad. He made su- obviously such an impression over there, and obviously it was really close over there to obviously Stevie Nichol, um, who I think he first went as an as sort of like um, assistant coach, I think, and then they were joint managers, of, I think, of New England for a time. So yeah, they said they didn't. I didn't see any comment from him, but they said he'll just be broken up about it. Yeah. yeah, there's also a, there's a good article on TWTD. Mel Henderson did a nice piece yeah, on yeah. there as well, which is worth, yeah. worth having a read off if anyone has Yeah, it. brilliant. Yeah, Mel. Dave, yeah. just really quickly, I know we've spoken about this for hours and hours on the on the pod and the, the 81 team. And, you know, you, you, you do build a team from the back, don't you? And But <laughs> you could build a team from reverse. Just quickly, just speak about his role. The synergy with Gates, Brazil, um, et cetera, walk. And, um, and also just a little bit, you've got about two minutes, spanning the spanning the 78 and 81 yeah, I, I think, I think spanning the 78, I've never, I've, yeah, okay, so Prusa, I don't think I've ever seen a good affront to as Marin and Weimark, never. Never. I thought Weimark, you know, I was very young, but Weimark and Johnson were good. And obviously Crawford and Phillips, I never saw. But Marin and Weimark were just, just magnificent together. It's a real shame how that do, really didn't develop because probably about six months after Mariner came, maybe a season, then Weimark got, you know, a bad knee injury, which basically, you know, obviously kept him out of the 78 side and he never was quite the same player for Ipswich again. But, and, you know, and getting back to the 81 side, as Joe said quite early, he was, he was, massive you could just get you up the pitch you know if ever that not that that 81 side ever used to struggle that much but you know if they were you know latterly I was thinking latterly in games you know when they're really decimated by injuries you could just get the ball up to Mariner up the pitch and he was big and strong enough to just you know hold the ball up by the by the tight uh, you know the side some time and bring other players into play um just uh just the fulcrum I and mean, you know obviously very important brazil came into that side as what an 18 19 year old prolific scorer at, at youth level and in the reserves and again you know i mean what a player to what just what a player to learn off and what a player to play up alongside and the same with gates you know those three just 
just gelled magnificently and, and Mariner was really the fulcrum of it, the fulcrum of it all really. And and hence, yeah, you know, I mean just look at his England career. I think he might still almost share this that record of consecutive um uh, goals in England games. I think leading into and spanning I think the eighty two World Cup, um during the eighty two World Cup, I think he scored something like six or seven consecutive England games. I think that might still be possibly a joint record. I'm not sure, but it certainly was for a time. So he had a great England, you know, had a great England career as well. Class, absolutely class, class player. Brilliant stuff. Um so look, we've had some tweets and some questions. We'll put them in the the third segment, but those are our memories. Um, Dave speaking five years ago is on the YouTube channel in detail about the player. And of course, um, we went chapter and verse on the 80, 81 season. We are reacting to the sad news yesterday. The great Paul Mariner died aged 68. And the Blue Monday podcast will be right back. Okay, onwards then. And it was pre-season friendly time. Joe was in attendance. It feels like we haven't stopped football for about um, two years now. But um, <laughs> we, we had a funny chat, didn't we? Hang on a minute. We need to start the podcast again this week. So it was Dartford yesterday. But Joe, what I want to do first of all is just touch on the new signings because we we haven't really done the whole batch. We kind of reacted um, should we should we also say another one of our member was there as well? Craig was there also, wasn't he? Yes, yeah, Craig was yes, there. Craig, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Craig um in, in situ for us yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um so first of all, let's just talk signings. Um let me just do the outs first. Don't you don't have to react to these. Uh Dizelle, Ward, Judge, Sears, Wilson, Skews, Edwards, Chambers, Cornell, Wright, Drynan. Hawkins, Lancaster, Nydam, Milligan, Cleese, <laughs> Sever- <laughs> Everett, Sessions. There you go. There's always a dated office reference, isn't there? Um, so look, wholesale clear out in, and I'll let you both um, do this. You go first, Joe. So Harper, Penny, Evans, Burns, Bon, and one we're going to have fun with, Hladke. Uh, the new keeper. Just give, give me a quick reaction. Um, you, you don't have to go granular, Joe, but just on on the the six signings, the level, the speed of which they've been done, the deals, etc. What, what's your take? Harper, Penny, Evans, Burns, Bon, Hladke, which I should probably say about another twenty times to get into practice. They they all seem sort of to be of a good level, don't they? Sort of just to flick through them, Hladke. Sort of speaking to people, I, I know I did my football manager research, but I spoke to the Salford researcher and the overall head of English Football League research, and they so, both so said, niche. Joe's chatting with the <laughs> Salford football. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that this guy. Like, he's a championship keeper. He's the best keeper outside the championship, and it's a brilliant signing. Like I say, he kept like twenty odd clean sheets last year, and that wasn't for a side that sat back. I think he had the highest save percentage in the league as well. So. But didn't he also he made didn't he also make the divisional team of the year? Didn't he? Yeah, didn't PFA he? team of the year. Yeah. I think he yeah. swept the honours at the Salford Player of the Season event as well. So he is a signing that has, I say, he's maybe a bit of a late developer. I think he spent a number of years as number two at I think it was Sloven Liberec, wasn't he? Who we played in our oh, there you go. Cup just, run. Just quickly, Joe, you saw him yesterday in the flesh. Good presence, tall, big sort of presence. Obviously not holy like, but you know, get me. The drift, problem was but... he he didn't look tall because I was only really watching them warm up, and it's just him and Holy there, so he's having to oh. jump above <laughs> Holy to claim balls, and he looks yeah. small. But he's obviously not small. But Holy is six foot nine, isn't he? But yeah, okay, they looked nice. at decent presence, and I'd sort of stood right close down to the warm up they were doing with John Keeley, and Keeley was, and it, I don't know. It, I think all professional goalies like it, but you just see the sort of hand speed and when they get balls yeah, smashing yeah. them from six yards out and they can yeah. they hold these balls and know when they need to smash them away and hold them. And it's just like I say, all, all professional keeps are the same, but you watch them in their yeah. warm-ups and it's just like yeah. the standard always, is so high, isn't it? Always refer to that in a Malcolm Webster, Richard White, st- Richard Wright style yeah. Spinning that ball back and half. Malcolm volume. Webster used to smash those volleys <laughs> he used at to him. Those volleys at righty, didn't he? But John um, yeah. Keeley was doing it yesterday, and it was just like good shape, good shape. He was telling him when he was taking some catches, which I know something Dave appreciates a good shape on a keeper. Oh yeah, so. football is good <laughs> football. Oh, so that, yeah, but... 
Does that yep. apply? Does good players make good shapes apply to keepers? Well, that's what the goalkeeper coach is saying. Yeah, they do when they, when they certainly when they kick it, Ben. You have to make a All good I'm shape thinking of Matteo Sereni swiping oh. in from the. Sorry, yeah, that's, a, that's a lovely side. shape. That's perhaps my favourite goalkeeper shape, actually. Because Richard Wright didn't make a good shape. His head <laughs> used to kind of flip off to the left, but he had a hell of a kick on him. Anyway, Joseph. He looks a top sign-in. Obviously, he didn't get tested at all yesterday, so there was nothing nothing you could say about him yesterday. But then Lee Evans and Raheem Harper, sort of, if you talk about those two as a pairing, you can see what... What he wants in midfield is it's that mobility, it's moving the ball quickly, it's sort of being just sort of sort of sharp in the midfield, trying to pick up loose balls and just trying to get the ball out quickly to the wide players. And it was sort of obvious yesterday. Evans wore the captain's armband yesterday, and it, it wouldn't surprise if he ends up with that because, bearing in mind which sort of centre half we're able to get over the line, I say Harper. I say he's big as well. He's got to be six three, six four. Oh, really? Big, big wow. presence as well. Another player that, sort of, on my FM research chat, was said that he should definitely be in the championship. So <laughs> I've, I've seen him several times in the flesh in the championship. And oh, yeah, the right. head researcher is actually a Birmingham fan, so he's watched him okay. closely there. So did did that on that side. Um, I say Evans has obviously played a lot in the championship. He's I say he's more your sort of steady Eddie. Just gets on the ball, gets it moving, is always available, moving about that way. And then Bon, not someone I've seen a huge amount of previously, but he's he's seemed to have sort of fallen into that gap of sort of good in League One, but not quite cutting it at the championship level. Maybe not. Maybe that's because he didn't get the opportunities. We sort of we'll find yeah, I, out in time. I, there, I, I would suggest that if if I can come in on Bon as well. Um, I had a lot of back and forth with QPR fans. Um, not exactly the the same level of back and forth we had about Mark Ashton with the Bristol City fans. Um, a, a little less salty about this, but very much a sense that, and you're going to talk to me about the team shape, that don't play him out wide in a 4-2-3-1. And that um, reminds me of something I heard Gary Lineker say when he was playing under Cruyff. He said, there was a job for a striker who played the whip for the penalty box, didn't move around very much. And Johan Cruyff kept playing me out on the out on the wing. And I kind of thought that job in the middle might do for me. And I, I had a bit of a sense with um, Macaulay Bond last year that um, standing next to Charlie Austin in the front two might, or, or Lyndon Dykes might have suited him. So um, you can talk to me about the team shape and everything um, in a little bit. Just quickly, Joe, and then we'll get Dave's reaction. Uh, Burns uh, and Penny, we need to speak about. As well, well, we've seen we've seen a, man, a fair amount of Burns for Fleetwood against us, and he does. He's very very fast, isn't he? I think he's a sort of Guion Edwards replacement in that in that account. Just pace on the wings and versatile. Can play back at right back, right wing back, right wing, and maybe with the sort of still injury doubts over Kane Vincent Young, there's a element that maybe he might end up sort of playing in that in that right back role as well because. Vincent Young wasn't here yesterday. Penny right. seems to be probably the only one of the signings that you wouldn't look at and think he's a nailed-on starter. He he looks Agreed. like somebody who's filling the sort of back-up left-back role and he'll he'll get his opportunities. And if he takes them, I'm sure he'll stay in the team. But just looking at his pedigree and looking at the other players we're looking at, I know sort of Hayden Colson from Middlesbrough. And there's another one, a Dundee left-back linked on TWTD today. Or from or TWTD posted the story of the link, so I think we're still looking for a first choice left back with Penny to compete with them. But yeah, I think the business has been good. I think it's sort of when when we were going back to pre season and we only had the sort of 11 12 players in, it did seem a bit of a concern. Again, that's probably still still we, we then signed the sort of the bodies last week or the, the week before last, but again, it's, it's gone a little bit quiet on there. And when you when you looked at the team on Saturday. You've you effectively. I, I spoke to Craig at the game, and it's sort of, you looked at the back four there, sort of Danashian, Enciala, Wolfenden, Penny, and you could quite easily see, see a situation where none of them are starting on the first day of the season. So we do probably need to try and get something. Well, I'm sure I'm sure they are trying, but we do need to get some of these deals over the line quickly so that we give the guys a chance once we get to the last two or three preseason friendlies. David, before you come in, I just wanted to add in um, from what I saw of of Wigan um Cook uh, to to your point about Burns wasn't afraid to move Cal Naismith who was basically a left winger back and back and use him at fullback so I I would I would agree with your assessment there uh, so Dave um just just did the, the the broad question then on the on the incomings and the 
the standard and maybe a bit of a compare and contrast with the pools we've been fishing in previous seasons relative to where we are? I think it, I think it's summary, Joe. You, you're saying there that Penny's likely to be dropped. But we'll, no <laughs> doubt we'll no doubt we'll have that load yeah, so much man. so much over season. But um yeah, I think I agree with Joe. It's seemingly a, a very good standard. Um I must admit I hadn't really followed much about um Harbour Rakeem Harper, but both my lads said, Oh yeah, it'd be an absolute fantastic, fantastic sign and you know, he's got a presence about him and he can play. And Craig made quite a funny comment. Um I think just before half time he said, Well, the first half's anything to go by Rakeem Harper will be my player of the season. Come come <laughs> May. So stick yeah, it lock, in an envelope, seal it in, now. Lock, yeah. yeah, locked in, locked in now. So yeah, you know, we did obviously we got Evans, um Evans and Burns in very early. Then there was a bit of a lull until we got I mean the Harper thing seemed to be obviously protracted until till um um the geezer from Barnsley tipped up at tipped up at West Brom. Then it was seemingly that happened immediately. I spoke to a Charlton fan on Friday, was it? Yeah, on Friday, and he, he really said he really liked Bon and he, he said, Yeah, crikey, he said he was sure at League One he'll 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 do a job at He'll be able to do a job at League One. That's for you know. That's for certain. And again, like Joe, like Joe said, I spoke to a QPR fan, and again, he had nothing but you know good to say about Bon. Who's you know basically said that yeah, possibly a year away, League One, get some get some games, get some goals under his belt, and um, yeah, he could well he could well cut it in the Championship. You know, just with a little bit more experience. And of course, he's a Chantry lad, which always helps. Of course, <laughs> um, from, from one to another day. Obviously, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the goalkeepers, obviously, you know, got a got a good got a good pedigree um and yeah that's i mean all good things about him again you know you read things on the forum and bits and pieces and press about the goalkeeper and they said yeah you could certainly cut it in the championship so there's a there's another good sign and so you know as far as goalkeepers concerned you know i wasn't over overly enamored with with holy really but you know if holy's a number two then that's more than more than decent isn't it um i think seemingly Again, from what the guys were saying yesterday, both Joe and Craig, the feedback they were getting is that, yeah, you could see that perhaps Burns is very much, well, perhaps yesterday to begin with in that Guion Edwards role that he is quick and he will get you up, you know, he will get you up the pitch, win fouls, etc. But again, seemingly a bit, you know, on the face, it's so early. Isn't it? And again, the caveat Craig put on it, well, hang on, the caveat is that we are playing a, a National League side, for goodness sake. But yeah, it just perhaps looked a bit, looked a bit raw. But um yeah, I'm, I'm okay with the signing so far. And, you know, as, as Joe quite rightly said, that back four could well be very, very different um, by the time we kick off with Ashton openly coming out yesterday and saying that probably they're looking to get, well, they are looking to get another, what, four or five in before five, before the said, season starts and waiting and, you know, and, and making the point that, you know, they're prepared to, to hang on and wait for these, wait for these players. Um, well, that, you know, was, at that the, was the and, point. That was the point that I was just trying to, um, going to try and make is that, and I know football fans are not very good at being, being patient. And we are football <laughs> fans and we include ourselves in this, but um, from studying transfer windows now, I've done, I've done a few. Um, there seems to be like these hit points in the, in the transfer window. We've gone past the first two now, which is contract expiry date, where all the good free agents um, yeah. kind of got sucked up. Then there's pre-season, and now there are still free agents, but these are the ones now that they were maybe waiting and maybe clubs were waiting on them. There's two more hit points that we need to react to. One is the big deal and the cascade. And I know it sounds ridiculous because we're talking about Ipswich, which might be Jack Grealish or Harry Kane or Jaden Sancho or whoever that then, you know, then means that money goes into um, Southampton when Ings goes out and then Armstrong goes from Blackburn to Southampton and then Blackburn spending and then away you go. And so, and then of course the last one is deadline day. And I dare say um, that we may sign somebody on deadline day. So look, if they're, if they're the right guys, and I agree with what what both of you say, um, you know, in in terms of oh, the back four may completely change. But if they're the right guys, we may have to suck it up and wait until what will it be? First week of September. Yeah, you just have, you just have to make sure that you don't sign the right guys at the wrong time, though, don't you? Because yeah, agreed. It yeah. has to be the right guys at the right time, and not, if that means you have to wait longer for certain players, not, yeah. So. I don't think you'll get that from this guy, though, Ashton. I don't think you'll get like almost desperation signings. Will we? look, we've no. been there before, and you're just not going to get that. Um, what was interesting? The Euro the na- slows the market down, like it does. 
major tournaments slow the market down as they do yes. every year because the big yeah. players are distracted. Agents are distracted. I know the Jaden Sancho deal's gone through. That's a, that's a that's that's done. Done. The, the, the big deals are months. always slow though, aren't they? And yeah. you know, there's big big holdouts and. You know, if anyone's ever been involved you know, in a housing chain, you know how that works, don't you? Um, Danassian's an interesting one for me because I always thought there was a player there in Danassian. I always thought at that level he could do it. He could do a pretty good job. And I don't know how Joe feels about that, but I, I wouldn't necessarily have a problem going into game one with Danassian at right back. Well, I, I, was... I, I'd get rid of him. I, he he wants to go from all I hear. I think he. Oh, really? He wanted to go to Plymouth in January. I think. I, I don't think he's particularly happy here, but yesterday, I think yesterday just illustrates what he, what he is as a player because he's again fine defensively, gets forward. Yeah. But as soon as it's that final ball, and as like I say, I know that it's the first preseason friendly, but ultimately no. you're playing a national league south team, and yeah, well, it's, it's, I wanted, they, they I wanted were just to... content to let him have the ball, if that makes sense. He was the one that they would would let have the ball because they know he's not going to put a decent cross in effectively. So oh, okay. I just wanted to chip in on Cook and modern four-two-three-one, where fullbacks are honestly they're kind of like the most important players in the team. In so mm. we've seen the 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 Klopp, um, Klopp, and you know obviously we're not going to replicate that, but you know they're now expected to overload midfields and contribute. Well- Assists and key passes, aren't they? I mean, a lot will depend on Vincent Young. I mean, uh, hopefully, he's st- he's sh- it's his shoulder, wasn't it? Hopefully, he's sh- it's just purely his shoulder is still settling down and mending. Hopefully, it's just his shoulder and no other, you know, lower body, you know, muscular injury attached to his previous issue. So, you know, if it's just his shoulder, maybe they are just nursing him back gently and he'll be fine. You know, he'll be, he'll be fine for day one. Um, I just find but, every year, though, if somebody starts to miss a couple of preseason games, then it takes there, there's, there's always more. There's always more to it than yeah, yeah. whether it's a setback. And if 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 he misses the next two preseason games, you can and almost guarantee he's there's not going to be issue. starting on the first no, of right. season. Don't you? Yeah, there's an issue. Yeah. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you and are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. For the price of an ITFC match program each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah. So Joe, um, how did it how did it play out then? A one nil win with a um, sort of young side in the second half. Um, did what what did you learn? Um, I, I know it's often just a bit of fitness for the for the chaps, um, particularly the first team guys. But what, what, what were your thoughts on what you actually saw? I, th- I think it was more just getting back to the getting back to the games, wasn't it? And actually, sort of more from a personal point of view, and I'm sort of everyone I spoke to just actually. Being at a live game, enjoying it, lovely little setup down at Dartford. There, I was really, really impressed with their, their stadium there. Nice, nice place to go. And I, I didn't do anything but just go to the ground and go there. But just the tempo just felt high. And it, considering it was the first preseason friendly right at the start of the year, the game was well, the first half when we had the sort of main team on was played at a nice tempo. It was quick. It was busy. We dominated the ball in their half. They tried to catch on the break a couple of times but we looked pretty comfortable and it was yeah so you, you can see what he wants in his team and it's it's those early balls out to the wide players it's full backs and wingers 
sort of getting around each other, trying to try and like like you were just saying there, trying to have overloads with the full backs and getting to the byline and trying to get crosses in and pulling things back from there. Um I say game started quite brightly. Bon sort of within two minutes, Dobra sort of won the ball back on the edge of the box. Don just take Bon just takes a touch and just smashes it and it hits the crossbar and flies out of the ground. It was sort of hit hit with such velocity there. Did he play did he play inside forward then, Bon? Well it was it was it was quite awkward because you had the, you had the obvious back four. You had Evans and Harper in front. You had Burns on the right, and then sort of Norwood, Bon and Dobra. Those three sort of sort of interchanged quite a lot. So often it was Dobra out on the left with the sort of two in the middle. Then sort of Norwood would drop into the hole and Bon would push on. Then at times you saw Bon on the left. Norwood didn't go out there as much, but even at times he did as well. So it was it was like those three were rotating amongst themselves but there wasn't I don't know it, it felt like we were a couple of sort of bodies short of what we wanted to do how so they were it, how did Norwood look um, he, you know, to be honest he, he, he didn't look that sharp like his touch was off and things like that so it's not one you want to read too much into but yeah he, he was probably one of the bigger disappointments but again you're talking 45 minutes of the first preseason mm. game he's been yeah. he'd obviously missed stuff at the end of the season so he'd been trying to get back fit and doing his own program so it's not it's not something I'm at all worried about yet but it he wasn't as sharp as he can be but he's someone that he plays on the edge doesn't he and maybe he struggles right. to get himself up for friendly so mm-hmm. we'll see on that side and then second half it was only really holy Dobra uh, sorry holy and Darba and El Mazzuni were the only three what you consider senior players there. The rest were effectively the under-18 squad as much as anything. So I don't know why they were there ahead of the 23s. There's talk of a COVID outbreak with the 23s, but whether that's just one case that caused the Berry game to be cancelled yesterday. And so they, they did something differently, but I think they're, they're playing Berry on Tuesday night. I don't know if that's a first team or a 23s team, but we'll see a bit more there. But yeah, the, the young kids did did well. They started... It was a bit of a shaky start, and they relied on Holy to make two or three good saves when he came in. But yeah, they did well. Sort of ca- thought Cameron Humphreys on the left again looked really sharp. Chirera, easy for you to say, isn't it? <laughs> scored, scored a good goal. Albie Armin, I liked. I liked the look of down the left, and I say it's just a decent, decent little, um, decent start. And, and good to see Dobra sort of seemingly back in the first team fold. Yeah, definitely. It's sort of one. He was one of the ones I was very disappointed that looked like he was going to be on his way out. So whatever's happened, it's glad to see him back uh, in there. And any any sort of further whispers that you've heard about, you know, the, as you call as it's called the bomb squad, any any more likely of those players to, to step back up to the first so we, team? We've got in there, if you, if you go through them one by one, you've got Brett McGavin. I don't really see... I, I don't really see there's Sounds any future for him. He's, he's not the right midfielder, yeah. Teddy Bishop, he, I think he's quite far yeah. down the line to leaving. I think it'll probably be MK Dons with him. Yeah. Link, Lincoln? Lincoln would be yeah. in, but I think he's going to be MK. Yeah. Um, Caden Jackson, I, I don't see any way back for Jackson. He just doesn't really fit the way we want to play. No. Um, and then Miles Kenlock, again, we've signed effectively his replacement in Matt Penny and... And we're still looking at left back, so he's he's going to be gone somewhere. But then it leaves you the interesting one, which is Flynn Downs. For yeah, yeah. The talk of him wanting to leave last year, obviously handed the transfer request, but it it seemed like there was a lot of things that both he new, and the new club manager did. at Palace now, Joe. Yeah, both he and the club seem to do a lot seem to do a lot wrong last summer, and it's hard to know exactly where the blame lies between it. But I don't think the club handled it well, and I don't think Downs handled it well either. So yeah, it, new it manager. Like the club, new- New yeah. manager of Palace playing a, <laughs> albeit a slightly different level, um, yeah. a similar role, I guess. Yeah, yeah but they, they, the club seem, the club yeah. want two million for Downs, and I don't. I think we two, and that's what they want for him. And <laughs> wow. we only got offered about one and a half, one point six, I think it was from Palace oh, last season. And what has his value gone up or down since last season? I think it's impossible to say it went up after no, what happened last year. Not. So, yeah. do we just end up in a situation where it gets towards the end of the window and? I think I think we're going to get towards the end of the window, and he's either going to be chucked out on loan somewhere with a loan fee, or he's going to have to be brought back in the fold. I'd I'd, I'd love to see yeah, him brought look, back in the fold. Uh, yeah, actually, we'll Joe's spot on. I mean, uh, yeah, who would not want to be averse to seeing Downs back in there? Crikey, you know, in, in that squad, bloody hell, that makes it. You know, you know, looking at the midfield now, that makes it 
pretty strong looking midfield for goodness sake so i look i for one hopes it hope he stays but yeah it, who knows jay you know has he been well yeah. advised you just don't know it, it always goes back to last season start of last season doesn't it yeah. But there's no if, need to give it. There's no need to give him away, is there? No, absolutely not. No, no, he's an asset, definite asset. We don't move on to questions. Our wonderful no, listeners will not get their thoughts heard. So uh, the Blue Monday podcast will return uh, imminently with your questions. And here we are. Oh my God, we're back again. Said the Backstreet Boys. Uh, you can follow the Blue Monday podcast on on YouTube, uh, where you can see our lovely faces. And when we do. A, a live stream you can you can comment and you can even uh, uh donate via super chat you can also support on acast in that way i think the advert plays at the start of the podcast telling you all about that twitter at blue monday itfc and we are on instagram where you can see some of the pictures that joe and craig took yesterday should we do some questions then uh gentleman um, who should we go with first? There's a few. Um, I think you've already answered this, Dave, but can you just confirm your answer here? Uh, this is Mike, uh, at Mike Clacton. Who was Paul Mariner's best strike partner at ITFC? Oh, yeah, Trevor Weimark for that period, definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, this is David. Um, you can take this one as well, Dave. Uh, Paul scored Town's only goal on my first visit to Portman Road. When Town have won anything, our nines have been Crawford, Mariner, Kiwamia and Stewart. <laughs> will, ah. our, will our 21-22 number nine take us to the title, Dave? I'll tell you what, if they, if, even, if, if ever our number nine ifs can emulate uh, can emulate those four, I think we'll be, yeah, we'll be happy. Definitely. Blinking yeah. Out. yeah. This is Dansler Kubel. Um, I don't want to read his um, at, although I really do now, but I'm not going to. Um, with England fever gripping the nation, I explained uh, to my eight-year-old, Joe, you can have this one, uh, that Paul Mariner played up front for England in the 82 World Cup. So he was like Harry Kane, but played for Ipswich. Uh, seems impossible, improbable now. Proper player, legend and hero. And we should mention, you can see David's decked out in his England regalia. It is 12.21 on the day of the <laughs> Euro finals. Homecoming. If I can just homecoming. steal um, Dan's Lapubel's th- thunder, for you two, do you agree with me that it has been great fun watching a team you care about win big <laughs> games and um, potentially able to uh, do something magnificent tonight? And that, 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 that I don't want to sound all surly um, about it, but... Hasn't it been been great to sit there in a massive game against your your huge rival, like against Germany, and you're the one scoring the two goals at the end of the game to win, Joe? And you're right, I'm feeling quite confident about it as well. I don't know about you, but I felt quite confident right the way through. Yeah, and it's, it's such a likable team, isn't it? I know that I know that's been said a lot, but I've I've always I know some people don't care a huge amount for na- international football, but I've always been a big supporter of the England team. I spent years traipsing around, well, the world effectively following them sort of in, in my youth, but now I'm not able to with a family, but <laughs> it's just, I say, I, I love watching England and it's been a real difficult few years sort of leading up to sort of the Southgate appointment sort of where you just see the frustration and see that the players just aren't, aren't coming out of their shell or they, they look timid, scared, like the, the Jersey weighing heavy on them. But it seems that, Gareth Southgate is just perfectly suited to that role of international management and you, he seems to empower the players to speak out if they want to treat it. I say you, you go back, it's only 2010 where you've got Fabio Capello banning certain food from ketchup, ketchup from <laughs> sort of meals and the players being put away in what they sort of describe as a sort of luxury prison camp. And now it just seems <laughs> that there's, there's so much trust in the players to, to do the right things and and they're they're repaying Southgate's trust and I don't think it's any coincidence that a lot of these players have been sort of from the younger age groups and they've they've gone away like because we always we never seem to take these sort of youth world cups and youth European championships seriously you'd just you'd go to a world cup and you've had 60 players pull out because the clubs won't release them but sort of this there's people in this team that won the under 17 world cup the under 20 world cup the under 17s european championship the under 19s european championship and they've got used to going away representing england this sort of team england all the um all the sort of 
relationships that they've formed. There, there doesn't seem to be the club rivalries in there, which there has been previously. But no, it's it's, it's been great. I've really enjoyed it and don't want it to end. It's going to end tonight, Dave. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, it is. Yeah, one way, one way or t'other. But yeah, I think just think there's you know the the older players. There's there's good role models in the team, isn't it? Yeah, Harry Kane. Um, you know, Jordan, Jordan Henderson, you know, players like that, just just experienced players and and really good, really good role models right the way through. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're not, not going to do any predict. You're not, we're not going to make us do any no, predictions, are you? So that would be grossly no, I mean, unfair. I mean, again, again, you know, I've seen it older than you, obviously older than you guys. I mean, Christ, I went through the seventies. I went well. Yeah, we went right through the seventies up to the early eighties without any tournament. There was none until so it went from um, what World Cup nineteen seventy, you know, the, the the West Germany game to um, Euros in nineteen eighty, and that was a that was a disaster. Okay, ruined perhaps by our fans, you know, that was at pretty much the height of sort of the uh, the sort of fan problem back then. Well, yeah, pretty much, you know, nineteen eighty before it was really perhaps brought under control, maybe latterly as a result of highs or one thing and another, but. Um, yeah, you know, it was desperate, desperate times. You just think how far the, you know, under Southgate, the squad is coming five years. I mean, crikey, you know, that Iceland game at the last Euros, you know, you, you see the you see the footage of that and the, and the summary in the studio afterwards from like Ferdinand and Shearer and, and saying, you know, you know, this is English football at its lowest ever ebb, you know. So, yeah, Joe, Joe's right. You know, we're now, you know, got these players and seemingly, you know, developing these players through from the under 17s, under 18s, where I think in previous, certain under previous managers, none of these players ever broke through, just never, ever broke through. So, um, yeah, and you know, you look at the overall strength of the squad and it's quite frightening, really, especially the forward players, really, you know, from midfield and forward players, it's quite, quite frightening. So, and hence, I think, um, you know, we've just been stronger in some of those games. You know, I think even the Germany, who ever thought that, you know, towards the end, I know we scored late in the Germany game. We were just much stronger. I mean, Ukraine, we blew but away. Dave, and Denmark, um, Denmark Dave, we've just... Dave, Twitter was Twitter was telling Southgate to bring Grealish on after about the third minute. It's almost like Southgate understands international football better than club get, football fans do. You get that I mean, impression. What, I mean, what a big shout <laughs> the other night! You know, what a big shout! You know, big, obviously, big, quite a big personality. Grealish and obviously very much the fans' favourite brings him on, takes him off, takes mm, him off, yeah. brings on Trippier, closes a game out. <laughs> Genius. Well, not genius, not genius, we'll, but we'll, takes... we'll try and we'll try and get this podcast out before the game. But uh, yeah. you you may be listening to this, and you may be um, drunk still tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, I hope but, so. Yeah, of course. Um, from the Blue Monday podcast, let, let's do a Brian Clough quote, Dave, before the second European Cup final. Forest one, just win, <laughs> just win. <laughs> No, nothing more, nothing less. What did he say? Okay. Manny Council. We've got a little, little fat left winger. He'll tear him to pieces. Have you heard the other one? I think Teddy Sheringham. <laughs> Sorry, we've gone down the clubby rabbit hole. He puts a football on a towel and he goes, where's the ball? Now go and win the game. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Uh, right, anyway. Um, oh, again, I, I want to I read these just in tribute to Paul Marin. I think you've already answered it. Uh, Dave, just quickly... Which modern day player would Paul Mariner be alike nowadays? Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, we, we spoke about Drogba then, and probably yeah, Kane. Probably would be not maybe not quite so prolific, but yeah, probably as an all round centre forward. Yeah, uh, this is our friend Jules. Um, Paul Mariner, no words are good to good enough to give this legend justice. Feel very privileged to have watched nearly every game Paul Mariner played for. Yes, he did. Brilliant, he did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks to players like Paul, we wear the blue badge with pride. Uh, once a blue, always a blue. P.S. It's coming home. Jules. <laughs> um, don't. don't. Uh, I can split this in half. I was going to say, Joe, sorry, this one's going to have to go Dave Wayne as well. Um, this is FPL Tractor, um, who sent us a lot of questions. Thank you, FPL Tractor. Um, is there anyone who competes with Crawford and Mariner for the two forwards in our all-time 11? My dad says Tom Garney's is in the conversation. <laughs> Well, Tom Garney's even predates Crawford and Phillips, but I mean, obviously, Ben, the obvious one, you'd have the, the David Johnson. Mark. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't. Oh, for <laughs> someone of our age, Marcus Stewart would be the first one. We didn't have the pleasure of oh, seeing back then, back, back then, these, I suppose, back, guys, back in the we? day. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, you'd, you'd why Mark and Brazil, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. But they're not getting past Crawford and Mariner. No, they're not. No, no, no. Crawford um, just be sheer weight of goals, obviously. 
And he's, uh, my, and he's my mate. <laughs> FPL track, of course. Yeah, check out our um, brilliant interview with Ray Crawford. Um, uh, Joe, he adds, do you think Bon and Norwood could both play in the proper games? Bon wide left. And I will again give my feedback from my QPR friends that say no to Bon wide. I think it's just they, how... they may be wrong. Sorry, yeah. Joe. They may be wrong. I'm just telling you what I'm being told. <clears throat> it's just how fluid it becomes. If if you're playing Bon on the left and hopefully Bursant Selina as a number 10, for example, <laughs> then then Selina's going to naturally drift out that way and be the one that links up with the fullback. But you, you are going to need proper width for someone drifting out with the fullback. Dave's, and face. Dave's it, like, visualizing to wrap the, the Warnock in 2010 <laughs> or something, isn't he? Now it's oh Selena. my word. Yeah. That, um, well, well, we'll keep an eye on that one, but sorry, Dave, I feel like crashed your answer then to summarize. I'll, yeah, no, no, on. I think, he, I think he can, but it's, it's, it's it's very dependent on who else is in that free behind the striker, how fluid they are in there. Because, like I say, if it's well. a Dobra or a Selena, then you can just that they will naturally drift out that way and allow that allows you to get two strikers in the box, doesn't it? So I we'll think, see. I think currently, out of all the players we've, we've been linked with and we are linked with, I mean, let's put Selena to side because that's probably fantasy, isn't let's it? Let's not, maybe let's not because I, I like to. Well, we'd love the subject it, came but up. if we sign that Matt Crooks. That, you I like that, was, Dave? Yeah, we're talking really, about as soon as Cook came in, we were talking about the, the really Nick Powell um, role of the physical. I mean, um, there's talk now of championship side sniffing round, but again, is that just oh, come on, Rotherham, Adrian, is that, Rotherham, yeah, Adrian yeah. Rotherham talking that up? So, yeah, got again, uh, again, Joe seemingly be putting a second bid that was getting rebuffed. I mean, obviously, if that is true about the first bid, that was just a bit of a his take wasn't it probably but I think yeah, the problem we've I mean, got there is Paul Warren is such a let me um, Norwich fan. choose my words carefully here <laughs> he's such a budgie isn't he? he's such a Norwich <laughs> fan that he is a proper proper scammer yeah. from our yeah. side of it <laughs> and with Can us I just being... say I've met Paul Warren twice I'm and sorry, the, charming. Se- the no? second time he met me was a year or no two years removed I was in a um, Rotherham Watford press conference and he walked in and he went, hello, mate, you're the Ipswich fan, aren't you? Oh, here you go. And he'd remembered from like um, a a couple of years ago. So obviously clanging name drop, but I really like Paul Warren for that reason. I, 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 I just mean that if we're obviously a big rival for Rotherham going up this year and they're putting that to one side, there isn't a, there probably isn't a club that Paul Warren would rather not sell no, to. No, no, right. sell to. Why would you sell to a big rival when you are a? He is a proper genuine Norwich fan who. Oh, I know. Of, yeah, like I mean, be, I guess love, equivalent... loves the club. He's not. Uh, he's not just. Oh yeah, I support Norwich. He is a proper proper Norwich fan. So that is that is. Yeah, not, he identifies not as deal, a Norwich fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, would I mean that's equivalent as you know, yeah, like Dizel going. All right, you know, very much. Um, he's a very much Marmite in, in Marmite Dizel for Ipswich, wasn't he? I mean, like, or well, you didn't, but I think that. Um, yeah, I was I was pleased that he that he didn't go somewhere like a Portsmouth or somewhere or somewhere like that. You know, at least he's gone to QPR. They're not in our not in our division. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I, I personally think if we can get him, he would blimey, he would be a can we go in, signing for us. Can we go into hyperspeed mode because we're running short? We need to get Joe your take on Gibbs um, to Norwich. Can you do oh. that in thirty seconds, Joe? Oh, it just seems oh. it seems very careless from the club and. I, I, I don't know. It's, I think it's just something that's fallen down the priority list of things to do with so much going on. And it's, I don't know, it's it's a silly, silly decision that when you hear sort of the journos, EADT, TWTD seem to think it's over a couple of hundred quid a week that they made an offer back at the back end of last year. It sort of just sat there on the table, it not just being acceptable. It, and then they picked, they picked it up on the last day of his contract and re-offered him the same terms. And I think the damage has been done there, but it's a real... Real shame to, like I say, to it's lose a, done, a player of that caliber. It's not a done deal with Norwich just yet, is it? It's not. I wonder if at some point we go back in and try and sort it out. But uh, I don't know. It seems highly unlikely. I know, you, I know but... you really, you really like him. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, uh, obviously, um, anyone's entitled to their opinion, but mine would be: don't pile in on the player. Um, you know, it's yeah, it, oh, it is what it is. He's a kid, and he'll have advisors and agents yeah. and. He's they, from a family of big Ipswich fans, as well. Like it's a, it just seems like how we've let it go. It, but 
like I said, there's obviously been a huge, huge amount going on at the club, and I just think it's something that's just slipped, slipped just off quickly, the priority just list. Just quickly, Joe, I want to ask it. you, just your, quickly your opinion on, on Lancaster going, because again, talking about coming from an Ipswich family, bloody hell, they're staunch, aren't they? Yeah, again, I think it's, I think it's a shame. I think there, there is a ro- there would be a role for him as a as an option in that it, as one of those three because I think he can play across across those three in any one. But I don't know. It, it just seems like probably a little bit over the top. But uh, where, where do you draw the line though? But I'd, I'd, I think he's one I'd have tried to keep around just because yeah, I think too, he's so think. versatile. And yeah. I say you give him away, but I say I think Cambridge is a good move for him. He can go and play with sort of Wes Hulahan over there. Small moments, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Small moments. Remember the game last season, chance he had against Sunderland, snatch, put it over. He scores that. Who knows? You know, he's yeah. And like last year, he seemed to play as sort of one of the midfield three, didn't he? A lot in the Lambert, sort of played as an eight there rather than sort of in one of those wide roles. So what are you what are you holding, Joe? I'm a bingo dabber <laughs> from uh, the I Wild Duck do, Holiday Park. I should do that when you say dabber, <laughs> or I shouldn't because someone will clip it. Right, two two more re- real quick, guys, and we'll, we'll get these out. Um, Dave Mullet. Can we even tell how ambitious and realistic the new um, ITFC being in the transfer market until the window closes? Um, let, let, let me, yeah, let me parlay that into. Do, do you think we'll get some more exciting signings, um, more so than the likes of Barno Harper already? Well, I mean, the one we just spoke about, if if that comes to fruition, <laughs> certainly, certainly, yeah. I mean, I think it's certainly. Um, Ashton, Mr. Ashton is certainly ambitious. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would, I would think so. Yeah, I had a friend over the other the other night. It's one of my nothing to do with me. One of my missus' friends, Dave. Um, you like this? He's a one of the groundsmen at Leicester. And if you had any idea how much Leicester spend on their um, Charlton fan, very disrespectful about Macaulay Bond, actually. So I, I hope we can <laughs> hope we can stick two fingers I'm up like, to my mate like Chris. My Charlton fan on Friday was quite complimentary. So yeah, I thought it was good for Charlton. There we go. Uh, last talk. one, um, Joe from our friend Tim down south. Um, uh, sad day yesterday. Understood. Are you happy with the striking options at present, Joe? Well, we, we need one more because you, you need to have. You can't go into a season with two strikers. So you, you need you need three up there, don't you? So, and I've, from what like I say, we're talking about Celine. There, I know these guys. They want to make a couple of marquee signings. So, if we big can target. get someone big, I've big been target man. Big yeah, target, I've, I've, target I've man. been thinking about as to who a marquee signing could be for a League One team and. I just um, by the way, Mullet did have on his other part of the question was Jeff Cott of uh, Plymouth. I, I've, I, I know it sounds a bit out there, but I think Connor Wickham would be a oh. unbelievable signing. And when when you look, who is it? Who is like a signing that, that's going to sort of is get, he even, get is, people is he excited? A free, is he a free? What? Well, where is he's he? A, he's I mean, a free I've agent. Lost. Yeah, he's left, he's left Crystal Palace. Left Palace. Free agent. Wow. I think that would that could <laughs> oh, be one. Good. Ruminate on that one, ladies and gentlemen. He's probably only and... still about 22, isn't he? <laughs> Stop what do you mean, about 26 maybe? But... He can't be, he's like not far past mid-20s, he can't be. Yeah. You've had that moment when you realise Raheem Sterling's like 26 or something. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, what is going on? Anyway, um, thank you everybody uh, for listening. Thank you, Joe, and thank you, Dave, for being with us. Obviously, um, our abiding football message today is good luck to... England and may the best team win and hopefully that team will be England and of course um, we dedicate this show to the memory of the great Paul Mariner and we would love your uh, your comments and your Paul Mariner memories obviously the podcast is now kicking back into gear please go and subscribe on YouTube follow on Twitter as well um, Acast iTunes and iTunes anymore, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your your pods, you'll find it down there. Uh, We are like uh, Mark Ashton in talks amongst ourselves. We're we're trying to figure out the exact um, schedule of what shows we want to bring you in our seventh season. So uh, that will hopefully crystallise in the next couple of weeks. And we are very, very much looking forward to spending what we hope will be... um, a successful season. We've thought this before um, with all of you guys. So as ever, thank you each and every one of you who have listened over the last seven years and hopefully six years. The seventh will be a good fun one. Um, Say goodbye, Joe. Goodbye. (laughs) Say it's coming home, Dave. No, say goodbye. (laughs) Yeah, bye. Yeah, cheers. Um, And once again, um, that show was dedicated to the memory of the great Paul Mariner, who died yesterday, um, aged 
68. Thank you, everybody, for listening. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.